Hey guys, this is Mike. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast. We're just getting started. This is just the beginning of something that I plan on building even bigger, taking and run podcast. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to hit me up on my Instagram. Follow me, take it and run podcast with an underscore between each word because you know how Instagram is with spaces and stuff. But I hope you guys enjoy the discussion that we're about to have. And please feel free to hit me up. I'll try to get back to you guys in a timely manner. And hopefully you enjoy the show. (laughs) Well, I just want to let you guys know that I love you before we get started. All right. So how was you guys' days, man? What you guys get into? Uh, It was straight, bro. A lot of work. Um, But it's good. Being busy was good today for the first time in a while i actually felt like i, I was busy the entire day and there weren't too many lulls that, that's what i hate oh yeah i understand that <laughs> i've i've have had way too many lulls the last few days but hmm. uh, somebody got to pay the bills what about you trey uh, man you know my day was all right man you know went to work you know hustled it out yeah got a yeah. lot done and then, you know, came home, you know, had to make a call on someone that wasn't feeling too good. But, you know, just had to share some encouragement with them. And then hey. next thing you know, I walked away with it. So, you know, good day for me. Hey, that's always positive, man. You got to spread spread that energy out there. You know what I mean? It's As long as you're able to spread your energy with other people, it makes everybody happy. And I feel like that's something that we all got to do. My energy lately. I've been watching this show, You. I just started season two. So y'all can't spoil it for me. He does. Don't don't play with me. <laughs> for real, don't play with me. Cause Yo, that's I, crazy. <laughs> but I haven't even seen episode one yet, so Yo, Tra- I can't spoil it. Trey, after my last podcast, everybody was like, Mike, you think you toxic. Well, oh, yeah. Well, you got to watch this show. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, toxic Mike, as my man Joe said, Toxic Mike. Yeah, because this show, this show makes me feel better about myself. I'm not going to lie. I hear that. But see, and the thing is, you said in the, in the group chat that this is going to cause a lot of copycats. Nah, bro, there's a lot out here. Oh, I don't think I can say that. There's a lot of people out here actively doing this one thing. Now, they may not be able to pull it as far as Joe has in both these seasons. He they might just be a little more ugly than he is. So he they're not getting them they, that attention from these females. But nah, they, there's dudes out there who are are, are like psycho profiling females in this in the opposite way. Well that's and female psycho profiling dudes the second they team. But that's the thing and that's why I can't stand shows like this, especially on Netflix, because it results in a lot of copycats because it's so available to the public i remember when yeah. 13 reasons why a show that i will never see but i remember when it came, it came out there were so many people talking about you know this is how i would handle my suicide why are we talking like, about hey, your suicide <laughs> like i never i never asked you about your suicide i'm, I'm sorry Slow down there, Buckaroo. Let's talk about the issues there beforehand. <laughs> like, bro, why are you planning on dying? Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing with this generation coming up. I feel like there's such a, a gap, I guess, where they feel like they need that. Oh, man, I feel like this person's in the same position I'm in. So this is how they handled it. Let me handle it the same way. Like, yeah. 
no self identification, self identification, and this instant gratification era. Yeah, bro, we were just talking about this not too long ago. Like nowadays, like all these kids that's coming up, and if you were a kid listening to this, man, just know. I mean it to say I mean it to sound exactly the way I say it. Y'all got genius level intellect. Yes. But, but mentally, y'all are weak. That's true. And I don't know how to I agree. any situation. Uh, that's that's true. And I mean, you know me, I'm I coach kids and seeing the way I have to coach kids compared to the way I was coached. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I had my coaches yelling and screaming and cussing at me. And I was just like, this is how I'm supposed to learn. Now, yeah. n- now you say one little thing, like, man, that was an ugly jump shot. It will break down. Coach, coach don't love me. Co- no more. Coach don't love me. <laughs> like, and I've seen it happen. I was at a basketball game today and I'm just looking at the kids having their heads down. I'm like, Dude, when I coach, if my when I coach, if my kid had their heads down, first thing I'm saying is, pick your head up, son. We, I'm never gonna give up on you. You don't give up on me. No, but see, the reason that we were able to do that is because our generation, we were raised like that at home. Whether it was a single parent household like myself or a, a double parent household like Yatu had, it was just like, suck it up. This, this is, <laughs> and, and, and lack of a better term, like, this is what you see all the time. So I, I understand why these kids get into situations with people who were raised the way we were raised. And then it's just like, what do you mean that you can talk to me sternly? What do you mean you can hold me accountable? What do you mean that I don't have to like everything that you say? It, it, it's It's true. If that's one of the truest statements you could tell. Kids want to like everything that is said. Yeah. They want to be like, oh, yep, this is what I wanted to hear. This is definitely what I needed to hear. They don't want to hear the bad side of a conversation. No. That's a fact. It's, it's Im- impeccable to me how, you know, as well-versed, I feel like, you know, they say we're Generation X, Generation Y, whatever. We're just smack dab in the middle of two generations that aren't going to understand us. Yeah, yeah. but we're supposed we're supposed to understand both of them, right? We got we have an opportunity to like have that intellect of like this new generation, like this generation X, but at the same time, we got the street smarts of the last generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because we got that. This new generation don't know where we fit in, but the old generation don't want to claim us either because they say we're too young. Yes, yes, I couldn't agree more with that. And it's just astounding to me because the person I am, I like learning from the old and giving to the new. That's exactly what I do. So the way my parents raised me, the way I was taught in school, that's what I'm going to give to everybody else. And mind you, I was raised kind of in a weird predicament. I grew up in Catholic school, going, being one of like three black kids in class. And then fifth grade comes, my parents are like, nope, going to a public system. And Trey, you might not know, but going from Fairfield to Bridgeport, from Catholic school to public school, that 15 minute drive might as well be going from Beverly Hills to Compton. (laughs) Like it was, it was a complete culture shock and I had to adjust. But nobody felt sorry for me. Oh no, nobody. You could you could ask Corey. Corey and I 
went to school together for four years. I was, kids used to make fun of me because I have a little unibrow, whatever. I mean, it happens. If I see a kid with a unibrow now in high school, if a kid comes up to them and says something, they are crying their eyes. Oh, my God. They're going going to the principal. Principal, (gasps) he he said something about my unibrow. Like, dude, this was a daily... That's skin, man. This was a daily thing for me. And I think it's because the way I was raised, especially growing up in the Bridgeport school system, sixth grade, we're reading this book. I'm never going to forget. It was called A Child Named It. It was oh, the God. most traumatizing book. I oh, don't know for real. <laughs> did you it read was. a child named? You, okay, you read that too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, did. Just, I just remember reading that book going, why are they giving us this? Why are we reading this book? <laughs> I am... I am 11 years old. I don't. Why are you locking him in the bathroom with bleach? Why do I need to know that? Like, yo, <laughs> it, too bad. it was so traumatizing. But at the same time, I'm sitting there, 11 year old boy, like, you know what? This is this is a shame. Now you can't read that to kids because they're just no. going to be traumatized. Or some of the kids might try it themselves because it sounds. I cool. wonder if that's still a problem. I'm gonna do because. I, I, I'm on my laptop to remain fat checky-ish. But yeah. I wonder if that's still a part, a part of the syllabus. Like, I, is it still taught in school? I highly doubt it. I mean, I'm surprised To Kill a Mockingbird is still taught in high schools. Yeah. Because of the racial uh, undertone. Well, undertone. It is a racial book. I mean, when people ever cared about racial undertones? Yeah. I mean, The Great Gatsby is a very popular book. And it has a lot of racial undertones because it's made in the 1920s. But people don't care about that because it's a good book. It's one of my favorite books. I'm not gonna lie. I like the I like the read. Yeah. But, but a lot of people are just like, ah, oh, man, you know, they're sensitive. This culture has become so sensitive to certain things, and it's because of the people that kids look up to now. They're not looking up to their parents. They're looking up to who is popular. And I feel like pop culture has such an influence on the day to day culture now. Uh, yeah. the the social media culture is just insane, especially with Instagram. Oh, I need to dress like her. I need to look like him. I need to let everybody know where I am. I mean, too. What what were what were we without social media? Uh, I don't think we care to know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, technology has given us so much and ripped so much at the same time. Like it's. The, the the eve of technology or or, or the per- perfection or the the real like cause of technology is to make mundane tasks easier like think about like something simple like a video game like when video games first came out they were so expensive and so hard to produce that you had to leave your house to go play them yes so it became a social network like hey you play Galaga hey you play Pac-Man yo he had the crazy high score that's that's wild then they were like, okay, let's see if we can modernize this and, and we can shrink this and we can put it in people's homes. We got Atari, we got Sega Genesis, we got Nintendo 64s, but still, it's just like, hey, you have to be close to your television to play this thing because we can only get you but so close. But hey, you don't have to leave your house anymore. You can play it here. And then they were just like, yo, we're going to introduce Bluetooth and wireless controllers and you could tell your xbox to turn on you don't have to, all you have to do is open your mouth like you don't have <laughs> to get up your, get off your couch let alone actually go somewhere to play the game to interact with people i could sit there on my xbox and tell it to turn on 
and I'm talking to yo, Trey. And yo, these kids don't understand the struggle of that PlayStation One wire when it got. Oh, oh my you, god! You had to wrap it up to put it away because your mother yeah. didn't want to trip over it. Now you just oh, put your controller down. They don't understand that That's struggle, not it. man. They don't. Yo, do y'all remember having a Game Boy? Yo, oh, yeah. I still got one, bro. I, somewhere. <laughs> oh, so I was about to say, before we left our game, we about to say, I wasn't in my crib. I was walking to school. <laughs> Pokemon Silver and Blue and Yellow on the You Yo. before they dropped the Game Boy Advance, before the backlight, Ooh. and you playing the regular Game Boy, like, on the way home from something that your parents had to do, and you waiting for the street light so you can see. So like, you can yeah. see <laughs> Yo, I remember. I remember um, when I lived in Bridgeport, the room I was in, the moon would hit at just the right angle. So I'd be under my covers. I'm like, yeah, I just hit yeah. my <laughs> just the right angle to play for like a good 15 minutes. Like, yo, I got to beat this gym boss real quick before yo, I go man. to sleep. Like people don't understand that struggle, but now everything's illuminated, lit up. The oh, str- yeah. the struggle we used to have is just insane compared to what you see now. I mean, now they're coming out with a PlayStation Five that has backwards compatibility, so you can play PlayStation Three games. I heard it was going back to PS One. If it's going back to PS One, I got Rayman somewhere in this. And I'm playing Rayman. <laughs> I'm playing Rayman for days, and that's. Yo, kids don't know Rayman. No, like Rayman used to be one of my favorite games. I feel like they over like there's only but so much unless you're like that weird old dude who's just like, yeah, I'm not interested in anything new. I feel like going that deep in the backwards compatibility is like real rough. Like, who still owns those games? Unless you're telling me that I can download them from the appropriate stores. Like, you can still download like San Andreas on from like the 360 onto your Xbox One. So, like, yeah, if I, if I can go get it and you can supply it to me, but who are we to assume that I still have the hard copies of these games to plug in? Yeah, you're right. Just format no, them for the new joint. You could probably get them off the store now, then. If oh, they they got, race. Yeah, facts. If they got the compatibility for it, you could probably go back. I'm about to start, like, Rob, never mind. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about my illegal activity plans. You, you, to rob all the grandma houses so I can get some PS1 games. Yeah, you... Yo, that's a fact. That is a you fact. Check everybody, mom over the age of fifty, man. Yo, uh, when your mom's gonna be home? Can move out? <laughs> <laughs> yo, you right. Yo, your but... mom's at the store. All right, say less. <laughs> say but less. It, it's not even games; it's shows now too. I mean, yeah. I was watching the Jamie Fox show. Oh, Jamie Fox show, one of the best shows ever made Classic. on television. Classic. Classic. And then, like the next show after it was like X on the Beach or something, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's something like yeah, bro. You heard about that? No, I don't got cable. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Got is, cable. is it on? Ne- yeah, is it on Netflix or like one of the streaming? <laughs> nah, bro, that's or... MTV, bro. Nah, it's no, like you're crazy. stuck. You're stuck on a beach and like with your ex, and you got to see if you they love you back or something. I don't even know. Nah. It's it's a little Romeo show. So little, hey, first off, put some respect on cousin name. I Romeo. I... <laughs> <laughs> that's a Romeo show. Nobody he knows. He ain't been little since I see DC, so, 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 so put some respect <laughs> on Cousin. <laughs> nah, bro, but like I'm like, this is the stuff that entertains people now. Like yeah. really. Like I I was um sometimes I play football with my boys on Sundays and um they told me how they went on this show where you get a you get to tattoo your best friend. 
And, I did see that clip. Yes. They and these dudes have known each other since high school. They were my high school football teammates. They're like, yo, they paid us five thousand dollars to tattoo our bodies. <laughs> I mean tattoo your bodies with what? With whatever the other person wants tattooed on you. It's content, bro. It is it's con- content. It is complete content. And it's crazy. My boy Matt got tattooed on his back a steroid needle that said Roid Rage. <laughs> and he was like, yo, I was Marketing. I was mad at first, but then they gave me the check, so I covered up the tattoo. Damn, and, it, and he was like, yo, the check's 5000 To cover it up was 300 I'm like, you're 4700 in the green. I'm That's not mad it. at you. I'm not mad at you. Worth it. But I'm not putting something permanently on my body that I don't really want. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I don't even like wasting my time with people I don't really enjoy being around. So I thought that was, it's just crazy how stuff like that has just completely shifted generally, like in a generational gap. And I think I told you guys how I have failed as a brother when I found out my brother doesn't know who Cameron is, I I completely failed, and it was all my fault. I mean, it, that's that's definitely your fault. But at the same <laughs> time, you know, you got to think about it, man. Cam, Cam ain't have a classic in over ten years. Like he's put out music, but nothing like iconic. Where everybody, no matter where you at, is like, yo, you gotta put that cam train on. And depending on where you at, you ain't gonna hear it on the radio much either. So you got a generation that's already not interested in anything that they didn't see themselves. And you're trying to introduce them to artists and songs and music that basically fits in the gap that they didn't care about in their life. So they're not really going to do nothing with it. You're right, but it's just, I don't know. I feel like there's some stuff that you have to teach, and especially for the younger generation, generations coming forward, there's certain things that they have to know that they're kind of oblivious to. And it's kind of scary because, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and she has a son that's four or five years old. And I was telling her about that Netflix series on when they see us that series, one of the best written series I've seen four episodes, well worth your time. But as a black male who, you know, I went through my teenage years, I'm 25. Now it was kind of traumatizing. And I feel like, you know, it's something that if I have a child, I will want him to see that, not to, you know, torture him or traumatize him, but to let him learn these are the realities of the world. There's no, there's no, like, golden whatever. There's no gold at the end of the rainbow all the time. Sometimes you really need to understand that the world isn't rooting for you. You kind of have to understand that some people are trying to come after you. And what I tell kids that I've taught, what I've tell kids that I coach is you're not competing against the person to the left and the right of you. The entire world is coming for your spot in some way or another. 
for somebody else to succeed, somebody has to fail. And I feel like too many kids don't have that knowledge. They're like, well, if I plan accordingly, everything's going to go my way. And I'm sorry, but that's not that's not the reality of it, because say say me and you, Trey, are going for a job. If I get if I get the job, that means you didn't get the job, which means I won and you failed. It could be as simple as that. But guess what? There was probably a hundred other people that applied for that job. They didn't get it either. If you don't make it to the first day because you tied up in the car and I come in and save the day, <laughs> then who really look? No, I don't care. No. <laughs> but it's, it's true, though. I mean, we have to understand that failure is an option at times. It's not an option that we choose, but it's something that's going to happen. You're not going to win at everything. You know what? The, but that falls in, like you said. So, with a lot of kids today, man, the any type of rec system, school system, it set kids up for that kind of failure because they started giving you awards just for participating. So, now you think, all right, cool, as long as I'm in the race, I get a reward. And the reality of it is, in any kind of race, the first three people get recognized sometimes, at least the first two. Everyone else after that is basically irrelevant. Like, you got to think anything after first place is first place loser, second place loser. <laughs> after that, they don't even care what place you came in. Just know you lost. Yeah. And kids don't know how to hear the fact that they did not win or that they were not important and work around that. Like, they say, Dad, I didn't get the job. That means I'm a terrible person. Let me go drown myself in my sorrows instead of, Dad, how come I didn't get the job? What do I got to work on and get better at so I could get the next one? Yeah, and I mean, you're completely right. I remember one time my brother, he he ran cross country. He came home with, like, a 47th place ribbon. I'm like, what? Well, 47th place? They, they counted that much? Like, they, they own ribbons that go past three? Like, I was, like, astounded. Because I don't care about 47th place. I don't even care about second place, knowing my competitive nature. Like, I I got second place trophies. I can't tell you where they are, but I got them somewhere. Well, I, know, I know where all my first place trophies are, though. <laughs> like, I know where all my winning stuff is. And it like it's it might sound shallow, but I like to win. <laughs> it's simple as that. And yes, I understand failure's an option. I've come in second place. I've been on losing teams, but that hasn't made me think, oh man, I give up. It's like, all right, what do I have to do to get better? And so many people just they take a loss and they are like, That's it, I give up. And what else can I do about it? And I I don't, I'm sorry, but that's the type of energy I don't like. That's, like I said, a generational gap from where, you know, we all understand it's first, second, third to now. It's like, oh, you, you tried. <laughs> you ever saw that Simpsons meme with Bart with the cake? It's like, at least you tried. That's legit the generation right now. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious to me.
But moving past that, I mean, it's it's because the generation hasn't been exposed to the right things, I think. Um, I was thinking the other day about the type of movies and stuff that they show and how, especially in the African-American community, a lot of the movies and stuff that get any sort of shine or any sort of accolades are black people in peril. It's, I mean, and the thing about the black people in peril is it's usually based on a true story, which is the scariest part about it. Uh, Fruitvale Station, all the accolades in the world. Michael B. Jordan is a rising star. What a great story. It was based on a true story. <laughs> 12 Years a Slave. Oh, man, gets every sort of award. One of the best directed films ever. Based on a true story. Yeah. And the thing they have in common is black people in peril. Like, when am I going to get a, like, friend, like, a friends for black people? When Michael B. Jordan learned how to act? <laughs> He's an okay actor. He was good in Creed, but that's because he was boxing, so he didn't have to do much. Yo, Ed said it the best. He's only good at playing roles where he's an angry black man. And for any of you ladies listening to this show, because I know I'm about to catch wild heat for it, think of every Michael B. Jordan movie you have ever seen him in and tell me he wasn't an angry black kid and that he was actually acting off the skill of his acting. I'm I'm thinking right now. <laughs> like... I'm even thinking like Hardball. He was in the movie for about five minutes and he was angry every minute of Hardball. No, everything. You're right, but like he he has to have like one movie. Was He was in the Fantastic Four movie. I didn't see it, but I mean... It was terrible. He was also an angry black kid. <laughs> Alright, past that. I mean, I don't know what Mike... Michael B. Jordan has to have one movie where he's like a decent guy. Like just one. I don't know. I don't really care much for Michael B. Jordan movies because I mean he just came out with a movie now with him and I think it was Jamie Foxx. Yeah, but you know, who plays that lawyer? But I don't know. I I didn't really read much up on it, so I don't know what the whole like backstory is. But if anyone's seen it and you know he's not angry at all, but then again I hear he has some kind of past in the movie, but Either way. So he's, he's angry. angry. He's angry in the past. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but if you know, hit us up, let us know. Because I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Um, I feel like that's all that black people get credit for. I mean, you're thinking about when Denzel, um, what's the name? Denzel played Training Day, right? That was great. It was a great, great, great performance. But he was just a corrupt cop doing angry black people stuff. That's basically. And that's the accolades that we all get. When's the last time you heard of a movie where a African American person did not like wasn't angry at somebody? Even Viola Davis in Fences. Oh, you mean Miss Snot Lady? Yes. Oh man, the snot when she was crying was She is the best Hollywood crier I've ever seen in my life. Big facts. Oh, huge facts. But at the right. at the same time, right. it's like... It's like the best ugly face ever. Yeah, yeah. But, but at the same time, it's like 
she was in peril. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we have a movie where the where a black person is just you know cool, well, calm, collected, like a well, Leonardo no. DiCaprio type movie? No, absolutely not. But see, here here's the thing, bro. And, and I want to I, I forgot to say it earlier, but you look at these movies, they they fit a horror like and not not just only movies, but a horror genre. Like watching when they see us, it's a horror film for us. Yes, because we understand that it's not over. Like that, it's not like we can be like, "Yo, it was tripping back in the '90s." Like, no, this very same thing could happen, minus the technology today. My wife got through 15 minutes of when they see us. It was like I can't do this anymore. And that's the scary part about, and that's the thing with you, Corey. You have a wife. You plan on having children in the future. Yeah. You, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you plan on something happening in the future, I maybe. I do, but you don't want your children to be in that situation. Oh, that no. that that's a fear. Super fear. Super, and that's the thing. I feel like a lot of parents try to hide that. Like, I don't want my child watching that. Why? Because it depicts so and so. Yeah, but that's their life. That's a, that's the true story. That is a true you story. But see, that's that why. What they do. That's why we have kids who are 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 victimized by the by the police that's why we have young members of our society who don't know how to act because nobody sat down with them to say hey you can be right and be wrong yes and and that's that's ideal and i mean like you said kids don't understand as much as you know they're right the idea of law enforcement is to protect that's what they want to do but kids have been taught, you know, this is what cops really do. So don't trust the police from people who might have been in a bad situation in the first place. Big facts. I remember, um, had to be like five years ago now. My friend, her little sister had a house party in Stratford, Connecticut. And I kept remembering that Stratford cops have nothing better to do sometimes. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so she had a, she was having a house party and all these kids showed up. Her backyard was packed. And they were legit. They were selling drugs. They were dancing. They, everything was under control, though, besides the drugs. Because what do you... You're having four 20-year-olds watch about 50 kids. Nothing good's yeah. going to happen. Absolutely nothing. So a cop car pulls up because of a noise complaint. Just because of a noise complaint. Yeah. These kids lose their mind. You would have thought the you would have thought there were roaches in the house and the lights came on. <laughs> they were walk there was cars in the driveway. They're walking on top of cars. One kid kicked the fence down next door and crawled under the fence. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually impressive. It was it was really impressive but then there was the kids who went out and went after the cops and when i tell you i never saw so many cop cars pull up at once at least 19 i counted 19 cop cars pull up for this one house party oh they was here for that action they were and guess what these little 13 year old kids were here for some action too because i saw one girl she was yelling cussing screaming at a cop he was like Come here, girl, please, please. He was trying to be nice. Dude, I don't think I've seen Floyd Mayweather throw a better right hook than she did. Because she connected in the jaw. And I was I was standing on the porch because I'm like, I'm not getting arrested for these kids. I'm going to just watch. 
business. It's none of my business. And I then know what you off right now to make you think that striking a man with a weapon is is the way that you want to take your knife. But and then the kicker, because you know how kids are with this social media. Five minutes later, I asked my friend's sister. I'm like, hey, go check your Instagram, see what's going on. Everything is free, my homegirl, free my oh, homie. Yeah. I was like, yo, he just put in the <laughs> He was back in the back of the police car going home. They, they see, are home. Yeah, people want to pick and choose when people need to be free. Like, don't tell me free your man's after he's committed a like a, a crime, like like an actual crime. Free your man's. But if somebody was targeting people like you, like, it, all right, if there was a serial killer who was out looking for black men at the age of 25 who are five foot 10, Mike's going to be like, nah, lock him up. <laughs> lock, lock him up, bro. Lock him like, up. Lock him up. We look for people who live in a certain area of Connecticut. Oh, yeah, lock him up. So don't tell me that because he threat this person threatens like public safety, but you know them, they deserve to be free. Too. Ain't no, I don't ask for nobody to be free. You broke a law. I'm like, I bet you, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna assume you have the common sense to understand that 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 ain't right. What are the consequences to your actions? Because you could very well, and, and this is not, this is to make sure that we we keep it even kill with all the listeners. There are people every day who are falsely accused, falsely profiled, all of these things, and we get that. But there are so many other sides of it where it's just like, did you have to put it like this, right? If a person broke into your house with a weapon, how would you speak to them? If you know that there are people who work in positions of power who don't have your best interests at hand. And I say this as a Christian man who who understands the, the real purpose behind it. But it doesn't change the fact that I need to protect my family. I need to come home to my wife. When I speak to these people in positions of power who are carrying weapons and I am not, how, how do I how do I escape the situation so I can come home to my wife? How do you escape that situation so you can come home to your parents or come home to your girlfriend or come home to your siblings or your child? Is, is your pride worth it to go, you're not supposed to do this? Or is your pride worth it to go, I don't really care because my wife, my child, my family, my family needs me. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's a kicker. A lot of people, there's there's moments to be selfish yes. in life. There there are complete moments to be selfish in life. I feel like you know when you're going after certain goals, you have to be kind of selfish. If you're going after either mental, spiritual, relationship goals, be selfish because you're trying to better yep. yourself. You know, the goal of living is also one to be selfish. Yeah, about. the goal of living itself <laughs> not trying to, is something you have not to be selfish. Yeah. <laughs> not trying to. Hey, I mean, sometimes it it just happens. I'm not, I mean, if it just you, happens, cool. But at the same time, <laughs> what was you doing where you got shot? Have you seen the Dude. hate you give? Bro, I was just, <laughs> yo, I was trying to bring that up for the longest. Go go ahead, because I ain't see the hate Bro, you give. Bro, the Bro, the beginning of the hate you give, every black parent needs to show their kid at least the beginning of that movie. Because in the beginning of that movie, the father sits down his young children, and I put emphasis on young because young. That's, that's when they need to see it. He sits his young children down, and he explains to them 
If a cop car pulls you over, put your hands where the cop can see them yep. and answer all of his questions without argument. It's not because you did anything wrong, but it is because if you do anything to frighten him from this moment on, your life is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. So even though you have certain rights as a human being in that situation, he has the rights because he has the weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to be abused and then later on you got people praying over your body and crying when you could have been there with them alive because you did something stupid, don't do nothing stupid. Don't frighten them. And, and, and we we understand right and wrong. We understand they shouldn't be able to do this. But would you rather be right or would you rather be safe? <laughs> I mean, that is that's not a lie. Like yo, I, I I'll give you a real real example. So for those that don't know me, right? I'm a big guy, six yeah. three. Six three, oh. bigger than your dad. Talk to him. Um, Trey Stacks. Trey Stacks. You know so bigger than your father. Call him daddy. You feel me? Well, facts. Bigger than your father. <laughs> holla at me. He gotta but, look up to him when he shake his hand. Facts. <laughs> I'll pass you the salt. Remember Big that. Facts. Anyway, so yo, I was fourteen. I'm like, yeah, yo, what's lit? I'm about to start high school. Life's gonna be good. I'm about to be traveling on my own. I ain't about to see my parents like that no more. I, I, my mother sat me down, looked at me, and was like, yo, we going to the DMV tomorrow. I was like, what you mean? She said, we're giving you a state ID. I was like, what you think? For what? It ain't no driver's license. Like, why I need a state ID for it? What that going to do for me? She looked, she looked me in the eye and said, listen, we know you 14. But you are built like a grown man. Yep. Any cop yeah. that see you in the street is not going to listen to you if you say you 14. No. And they're no. going to treat you like a grown man without proof that they can verify. Yep. So I say all that to say the whole time I was in high school, I probably got stopped at least 10 times <laughs> because they either saw me with the uniform and book bag on and had questions. They saw me swipe a student, I uh student bus pass and had questions. They see me with a candy box and they're like, nah, yo, something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, that yo man, I was like, bro, this Eminem peanut in here. I got Reese's. I got skill. What you want? I got what you need. But you know, say so I got what you need. Like, I got heat. that the officer. I got that heat and by heat, I mean spicy Cheetos was good. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like you know those those are the realities that kids are just oblivious oh, yeah. to now. So oblivious. I remember when I got Damn. down here, there was. It was a few, and, I, and I'm still seeing them. There's a few young men, and I'm looking at them like you guys are smart individuals, but you you suffer like it's it's what I call no OG disorder because your parents can't t- teach you everything, Thanks. but you didn't have anybody to hold your hand and go, no, don't do that thing. I know you think it's a good idea right now, but don't do that thing. And if you wait a second, it'll show. It will show you why. 
and but that's the thing it's a little stuff i mean i remember when you know we was in high school the thing was you know baggy oh, yeah. clothes you know it was babes baggy jeans long white tees if you couldn't snap you Big were whack that was that's high school that's middle school now i see like kids are trying to bring back like skinny jeans but sagging i'm like yo are you even wearing pants like you look you stupid. like this? i'm not gonna lie you just you just want to have people seeing everything out there and i think it's stupid i think the whole style is stupid but it's just you know they don't know any better who who told them what not to do yeah who told them oh you know you look stupid young blood nobody and i mean i'm not sure if it's the fact that you know like you said i grew up in a two-parent household but my father was also a juvenile correction yeah. officer so he would see stuff and then come home and talk to me about what not to do. I remember my father taught me how to handle a gun when I was 14 just for gun safety because he's like, if you're ever in that predicament, you need to know yep. what to do. Because who knows? You're a black kid in a white run world at mm -hmm. times. And at times. <laughs> and it's just, it's insane that, you know, one day I'm I want to have children one day if, you know, I'm, maybe I might have to be like Joe and lock somebody in a box for that. But I, mean, <laughs> but I mean, I want to be able to teach them, you know, the little stuff like that, because to be honest, I'm 25 and there's still moments I got pulled over a few weeks ago and I was still a little like shaking in my boots a little bit just because you don't know what's going to happen oh. because you, like you said, you're a, you're an African-American man. Not everybody's out there after you like that. Not everybody has those evil intentions, but everybody it could just be it's, a trigger. That's all you need. You know what reaffirmed that? And I feel like it's it's long enough time has went by to where I can I can speak on it. But Queen and Slim. Oh yeah. What hurt Still me, didn't see it. What hurt me, and I and I won't tell the actual story because I feel like Tra Trey's the type of dude to still go and see it, although it's been out for like two months. Of course I am. <laughs> of course I am. He just be busy. He be busy. He be busy. He, he be, I, yeah, I yeah, understand. Yeah. But um, what it comes down to me was the the question that my man Wakabi, I always call him Wakabi. I forget his actual name. But um, that my man Wakabi <laughs> asked the cop that drew his gun was ridiculous. It was crazy to me. Like, he wasn't disrespectful. That, that's the type of... And I, and I think to myself, I said, this is the question I would ask. I, I think they were in Ohio or some, some Midwestern city. They're in the middle of the winter. Bro's illegally searching the trunk of his car. And all he asked him was, after he ripped through everything, hey, man, could you hurry this up a little bit? It's cold out here. What? Nah. Now I under I, yeah. I would after watching that I was like yep I guess I gotta cross that off my list of things Nick oh, I'm sorry bro you just gonna be cold you just gonna <laughs> have to be cold because my, my first thought is yo if you what if you just get in the car so you're cold I'm like I'm not letting him out of my sight to plant what he want to plant back there to, to give him actual cause for the illegal search he just performed so you gotta stand out there and be cold. Yeah, you can, dude, you can suck it up, suck it up. I mean, it, there's there's moments where you're like you said, there's moments where you're good, 
be right or exactly. be alive. <laughs> and that's one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, it's cool. He wasn't, no. he wasn't rubbing in his face that he was clean or he was a good person or that the cop was obviously racist. He was just like, yo, it's cold out here. I got a female in the car that I had some intentions for. But at the end of the day, like, can we can we speed this up? The thing you think you're going to find is not in here. For real. I mean, I might I might feel some type of way, too, if I know I got candles at the yes. crib and boys to man. I might be like, yo, like, speed this up. The candles melting. The, the wax is getting everywhere. Like, you got to. If you're gonna plant something, plant it. Throw me in jail. Let me let me do something. You got don't rule don't rule my life. Rule my night. Like I I can get over for real. You know how expensive Yankee candle is? Like you bugging. I got the fresh linen burning at the crib. Like, come on, dog. Mike said the music been playing so long, the boys really did become men. That's crazy. Do me do me a favor. Do us both a favor. You I know you cold too. If you're racist, for real. you warm right now? Like, what is... <laughs> for my playlist went from Candy Girl to Can You Stand right. the Rain. No, that's, that's how that's long cool. it's been. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, at that point, just give me the ticket, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> just give me... We, we, just, we good. I'll pay it. We good. Put, make it a blank ticket. Put whatever number yeah, you want. Man, I got, I got, we're, go. we're a man. America. Just give me that. Just, right. <laughs> just write America on it. Yo, speaking of money, though, Trey... What's right. up with your Knicks, bro? Yo, you Did you hear? You heard about that track? Nah, I didn't even hear about them, bro. I haven't been listening. Been yo, yo, homeboy hits a half court shot. They give him a thousand dollars worth of scratch offs uh-huh. as a prize. He scratches off all tickets and only wins five hundred dollars. That's you could get bad when you put it that way. But what's the what's like the Powerball? Like, are you buying the ability to be a millionaire off a half court shot, or like if put it like this: if they gave you the option for the scratch offs or for the or for the rack fresh out, what are you taking? The rack. I'm taking a rack. You two are two very very sane people. There's a lot of people out there who are taking those scratch offs. No, I'm taking the rack, especially after because they compared it. They interviewed Homeboy, and they were like. Two days ago, somebody in LA hit the same shot for a hundred thousand dollars. So you got it. I mean, yeah, they don't. I, I don't think anybody on their team is making more than like ten mil because, <laughs> because they wanted to sign every power forward known to man. Yeah, they, they said they signed the same person four times. Yeah, but. I mean, how, how do you sign Taj Gibson, Julius Randle? Marcus Morris. I'm surprised they didn't sign Marquise Morris. I'm surprised they didn't bring Charles Oakley back. Oh, like, you know they asked. You know Mark Marcus asked about it, like, so so about my brother. Like you think if he if he want to come through, he like, can come through. Like first of all, <laughs> y'all already know Marcus Morris is actually putting in work. That's we bro. You that forgetting that he was in Bead Town? I hurt. I That's heard when we had the last That's a fact. My man is balling. Hey, I, I told Corey I want him in Miami. That'd That's be a big. fact. I don't know who won it. He wants to go to a contender, but why nobody. Why did he pick the Knicks? Yeah, that, Bro, that's, because and, the, first off, because I'm not Knicks expecting to... this podcast to be picked up by NBA players. But I'm gonna preface my statement by saying Marcus Morris is like that's he will never do wrong to me because of what he provided Jalen and Jason Tatum for those two three years that they were in that he was in Boston. 
the toughness that they're showing right now, they got from Mook. But at the same time, don't take the breath, don't chase the bag knowing that you'll probably be miserable and then want out once you've got and maybe that's the finesse itself. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. No, nah, I mean maybe. Kevin Kevin Love's doing the same thing. Big facts. Don't it's take a the finesse nonsense. bag, bro. Bradley Bill probably finesse. give Bradley Bill a year. And then come to Miami. Join the club, bro. We're doing good. No, we're doing bro, good we over here. Y'all don't need him, man. Y'all got shooters. Now nah, we need more. <laughs> Come on, we're, man. You sound like Golden we're, State, man. What shooters? The more shooters. You feel me? <laughs> I sound like Golden State now, bro. Here's the thing, man. When it comes to the Knicks, no one's gonna go there for two reasons, and those two reasons are they know for a fact their owner doesn't give a crap about basketball. Nah, their owner cares about the garden itself yep, and whether or not he's making money off of that, which unfortunately and fortunately he is because it's still the garden. It's one of the greatest theaters in the world. People are killing themselves to travel to the U S to travel to New York, to go to the garden for anything. And the second reason is because they've seen the way the Knicks treat their former players when they threw Oakley out. Okay, let, let me establish this because I just looked this up. James Dolan's net worth is $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. You have zero excuse. Zero. $1.5 billion? Bro. And you own the, you own the James Knicks? owns the Knicks and the Rangers. His brother Larry owns the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, he's got money, bro. Don't they own part of? Yeah, where's it going? Nowhere. That's the. Where's it, go- bro? I'm where's it- where are they going, bro? That's what I'm telling you. No one's gonna go to the Knicks anymore because of the fact that they know he don't care. He's not concerned about basketball relations. He's concerned about the garden itself. But why? You gotta be concerned about basketball because that brings everybody there. A legit look up the street and Barclays, the Brooklyn Nets are worth 2.35 billion. The Knicks are worth 4.2 billion dollars. Yet, who do the Nets have on their team? Kyrie and KD, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie's a dog, bro. He is He's a, dog. He's a dog. It's like you, you cannot make this stuff up. That the Knicks are just putting themselves in the position to fail. Bro, here's the thing, right? You think organizations, right, in basketball, there's only one, no, maybe two or three owners, but one particular owner who people know his name, they know his face, they see him around that organization constantly, and you know for a fact this man got money. Who is it? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's the GOAT. Mark Cuban is yeah. a goat. He be everywhere the Mavs go. But 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 he knows how to make money in so many. He has his show Shark Tank. Exactly. He's like got money. He, he has money, but he spends it so the his net worth is four point two billion. Mm-hmm. I know that because I was watching an interview <laughs> with Mark Cuban. Because you know, if you want to get rich, you got to le- learn how rich people that's, behave. That's a solid point. So I'm watching an interview with him. He's just like, dude, I just diversify everything. But he loves the Mavericks. That's what he puts his most effort into. Exactly. Like he, he he shoots around with the team before games. But see, that's the you know, know what I love about Mark Cuban 
is that he does not let his love for this interact with the fact that he knows that he is not in the best basketball mind. He is not the best basketball mind to make decisions. He empowers people around him to make wise decisions with his money. Which is crazy because he is in Dallas with a one person who doesn't know how to do that. Jerry Jones. They they need to have lunch or some tea or something. Talk him off the ledge, bro. (laughs) Well, for real, Jerry needs tea and probably some Viagra. But, like, they need to, like, Jerry needs a homemade. <laughs> but it's like, you know, he just knows how to spend money. And why can't more people be like that? Like, just simple enough. Hey, I got a team. What is the best way to make this team better? Exactly. And that's why that's why I appreciate what um happened with the Clippers. The Clippers, when uh, Donald Sterling, that whole yep. thing happened. You thought that organization was gonna crash, mm-hmm. but Steve, Steve Ballmer comes in, and this dude is just—he has way too much energy yeah. for me. <laughs> but he puts his energy into the team. Now that team is a powerhouse. But see, here the thing about Steve Ballmer, like most tech people, is the, the and being in the tech industry myself, it's knowing that smart people know smart people, right? But this isn't necessarily yeah. where you have to be smart. When it comes to tech, I could be smart on all things agile and project management. I don't have to know about cloud services, about native services, about building these apps. I don't have to know it. But I know that as long as I understand what I need to and I can tell a person who knows, not a person who's selling me smoke or that crap, that I can empower that person. Steve Ballmer is like, look, I love basketball. I think it's a gold mine. People show up here, but I don't need to know everything. Doc yeah. Rivers, go. It, and that's the thing. He empowered Doc. Hey, you make the moves. Yeah. You make all the moves. Doc is just like, all right, well, um, I want Kawhi. He wants to come here. And I was listening to Brian Windhorse, who, to be honest, he's not my favorite person, but he does get his job done very well. <laughs> He, he was talking about how nowadays you don't even have to really put your team in the position for a player. A player could be like, hey, I want to play yeah. for you. Make it yeah. happen. And that's what Doc did. He's like, okay, uh, we'll get Paul for you, but you got to let us know what you sign on the dotted line. Paul's here off the bat. And I mean, it's working out for them <laughs> pretty All right. well. All right. So once again, here's the thing, right? You guys are making great points. <clears throat> I agree with you guys 100%. Dolan ain't like that. <laughs> oh, we don't. <laughs> oh, we know. We know. <laughs> Dolan we know. is not that type. Also, we know that. Charles, Charles Oakley was trying to run him to fade a few years ago. Oh, we know Dolan. Bro, that's, that's part of the reason why dudes don't want to go to the Knicks, man. They see the way Dolan treat a, a guy who not only played for you for years, but who was a dog for you. Yeah. I mean, Oakley yeah. was a dog. Here's here's the thing in the NBA. There's certain people you say like they gave their lives for a team and never got anything back. I, I can name two off the top of my head: Charles Oakley's one, and a more recent person is Demar Derozan. Yeah, yeah. De- Demar Derozan gave everything to the Raptors. The year he leaves, it's like, yo, let's start winning some games, bro. 
Let's let's do stuff now. Tomorrow's out the house. They said, yo, you know what would be crazy? Yo, what if we just won a ring? <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, yo. <laughs> He he left the house like they were legit. There's like no um, what's the name? There's no rules exactly. <laughs> but I mean, that's just how it is with sports, and it's a shame. But it's honestly the ownership aspect. And speaking of like the ownership aspect, the lack of minority owners has been coming to like the forefront mm-hmm. a, a lot. Because I mean, how many minority owners do you know? Like honestly, I mean, I know Michael Jordan owns the Hornets. He has of. majority share there. Um, yeah, and I know, I know Nelly has a minority share in some team. I think the Cardinals. That's weird, but I mean, he's from St. Louis. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that's a good point. But um, yeah, it's like I think another minority owner is the owner of the um Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he's the only minority Ooh. owner in the NFL. Chad Cam? Yes. Ah. He's the only minority owner in the NFL, I believe. Oh, Nelly's um <laughs> Wait, hold up. Before I speak on this, let me I think Nelly's okay. a partial owner of the Hornets. <laughs> what? So all the black people own yeah, the basically. Hornets? Basically. South of Charlotte, you know, a whole lot of gang. I'm about, I'm about to say that you can't speak anything bad on Nelly because apparently for Coachella he's doing his whole country grammar entire album. set, and the fact that one of the sad things growing up is finding out that country grammar was about a drive by <laughs> when I was like 20 years old. The song country grammar is about a drive by. What? You didn't know that. I'm going down, down, baby. Yo, street in her range, rover, street sweeper, baby, cock ready to let it go. It's about a drive by. Ah, I'll see how my grandmother feels the next time she sings that song. Ah. <laughs> no wonder. You never heard like the radio edit version when they bleep out like every that's other song. Bro, that's like. all I heard was the radio edit version. And that's why it's bleeped out. I always, because it's about a drive. I always thought that's just how the song went. <laughs> nah. Oh no, nah, it bro! Went that way because the drive by went that way. <laughs> oh man, if I can't say I never taught you guys anything, it's that that song's about a drive. I mean, you could teach us how to be toxic, but I mean, I could. But then again, I want you guys to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I want you let me deal with my stuff. So interesting, although one of these people are not minorities, but Fergie, the the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus, and J Lo are all minority owners of the um Dolphins. The, the Dolphins. Dolphins. They suck though. Hey man, but it's by uh, they, they beat the Eagles. <laughs> They beat the Eagles. Oh, they don't. We get to blame Don, Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills for that one. But thank you. They both better be gone. But that's, that's another. I don't know who that, that's another story. Are. Anyway, that's another story. But that's the thing. It's like you have the few minority owners, and they're talking about the fact that there's no minority coaches, and it's supposed to be a pipeline. It's it's a joke. Like the the NFL, and I speak solely on the NFL because the NBA has a lot of African American or minority coaches but it, it's it's a joke in the nfl to think that some of these people who are looked at for these positions have so so or shoddy resumes 
but they they're brought in to to these other roles, these head coaching gigs or these coordinator gigs. And I'm sitting there like, how? There, there's no way that you you t- you can look at the the resume, or we we didn't even hear that you were interviewing these people. Like, make us feel good. Yep. In, in the era of instant gratification and letting us know everything, people with Snapchat and they food. Let us know that you at least looked at a African American or somebody of minority descent to run this team. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I I feel like other people have brought this up, and I bring it up too. The coach of the Browns, I forget his name off the top of my head. The new one or the old? Because one? he wasn't that important. The new one. He wasn't oh, that important the, uh, to me. From the Vikings, offensive coordinator comes off of a game where they gained. 110 total yards. 110 total yards. That's a football field and one end zone. <laughs> that 110 total yards. But you know oh, what? And, and specifically about that, and I think that's Kevin Stefanski who they hired. I, I okay. think I can see why people are upset that they hired him over the Chiefs offensive coordinator, but because the Chiefs clearly year in and year out, and I have my own thoughts about that, um, have been in an offensive powerhouse. But at the same time, we all know Kirk Cousins is bad. Oh, awful. So do they think... Well, wait, wait, he's average. He's average, average. I agree. Do they think Baker Mayfield is in that same category? So can we maximize Kareem Hunt and uh, what's Dick Chubb? the way they maximize Dalvin Cook and make um, Baker Mayfield look like Kirk Cousins looked this year. Can we hide him? But but here's the thing, and this is why I'm not even talking about Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs coach. I'm talking about who he was going up against on the opposite sideline. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is, is in the same boat to me as Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but even Robert Sala, who's the um, – 49ers um, defensive coordinator, another minority coach. He is the one that held that team to 110 yep. yards. They were both interviewing for the same yep. job. You would have thought, hey, you know, whoever wins Basically. this game should get that job. No, the, the loser got the job and the other one is stuck as a DC again. Not saying he doesn't love his job because 49ers defense is great this oh, year. better. Speaking of the oh, 49ers, Corey, did you know one of the coaches for the 49ers is a girl? Yes. Yes, I heard woman. about that. Woman, yes. You got to be politically correct here. But, yes. And and that's the thing. The Niners are just – they're great. They're great, but why couldn't we get a minority coach? And that's why me and Corey were talking about this earlier in the week, how I feel like – Deuce Staley is a running back coach for the Eagles. He, the Eagles fired their offensive coordinator. Corey's like, hey, why doesn't Deuce become the OC? Uh, well, Corey, I told him why. And it's not because of color or anything like that. It's because Deuce is valuable in the position that he's in as a running back coach because nobody else is better than him at that job. It'll be harder to replace him as a running back coach than it would be to replace their wide receivers coach who happens to be white. Right. Or the um, QB. Well, they fired um, the QB. <laughs> well, coach. the QB coach. Yeah, who happens to be white. So it's just like you know, you can't put racial. You could put a racial undertone into that, but in my opinion, it's just you know, Deuce has made the most out of a very tricky running back situation. Oh, yeah. 
give him one more year. We'll see what happens. Give him a year with a good running back, just one, and he'll be perfectly fine because he won the Super Bowl with Chloe Clement, LeGarrette Blunt, and Darren Sproles. No Darren Sproles, J.J. J.H.I., who had half a knee. Still got half a knee. (laughs) I'm I'm not saying half of one knee. No, out of his two knees, he he had half half a knee. He got about .25 (laughs) in both. (laughs) But he had a Super Bowl running back core there. So give him some time. They ranked like 200-plus on that Patriot team, too. Oh, which was crazy. LeGarrette Blunt was was amazing that game. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when the team cuts you after they win the Super Bowl. But it's, I don't know, man. This is all the racial tension in the world now is just. But that we were talking about that <laughs> at work. And it's funny because I I dance a line and I, and I have to be very careful because I am in a um, place to where, well, as we've learned, um, people can dig up just about anything. But um, yeah. to, to put this carefully where you have to dance between making people of other descents feel comfortable around you, but at the same time, you want to teach them how not to cross or how not to step on other people's toes. Because I do believe a lot of racially tense situations come from ignorance. Not not willful ignor- uh, um, ignoring, but true ignorance to how the world works and what other people go through. So there's been times where I'm sitting through, I'm, I'm having conversations with my Caucasian coworkers, um, with my Indian coworkers, and I'm just like, look, every situation is not a racial situation, but in every situation, I can point to it. I, I get you. You have to understand, and it's the same way that females feel in the workplace is the same way that a lot of black people feel in the workplace. Like you, you take a job on affirmative action. You take a job on some type of token behavior. Like they just need to fill a quota. And sure, I can feed my family, but what about the people I have to work with? How do they view me? And it, it's a little different at, um, because in in the tech field, it's kind of like the um, the trade field, like trades and as an electric as an electrician. His boss could be black, white, Puerto Rican, or Asian, white, green, orange, or whatever the case may be, but Trey's a beast at what he does. So at the end of the day, if I need my job completed on time, I'm going to call Thomas. I'm going to call Trey. I'm going to have him come handle this because the only thing I like to do is put my I government out there. I know. He put the government but, name. Uh, Tommy, hey, Tommy. Every time I'll be on the phone with Trey, <laughs> like he at work. Hey, yo, Tommy. Tommy, come over here. That's a big fact, man. You know, you can't let him have everything. Big facts. That's a solid point. But it's it's the same thing in tech because it's just like there's so much tech that has to be built and there's so many people who don't understand it. I'm in meetings with people like four and five level management above me and they're looking at me and and I I do my best to straddle the line as a millennial and as a black person and as a black man. I'm just like, I'm not coming in suit and tie every day because I know that's how you want me. I want to be comfortable with my own skin. That means it's going to be a polo. Sometimes it's going to be a jacket and a T-shirt. It's going to be stylish. It's going to be youthful. And it's going to be the breath of fresh air that you want because this is why you want me here. But you have to take all of me. You have to take my, my nappy waves from time to time. You have to take my, my <laughs> sister's um, natural curls from time to time because you need her. But what I've realized in my, my perspective and my experience is the only thing that people of non-minority, or the majority, I guess I'll call them, 
like more than they dislike people of the minority is money. Yep, that's true. They love money. Love money. Money, money is a universal Big language. Fact. And I mean, it's not even just you know color wise. I mean, it's even age wise. Oh, yeah. Like for example, oh today I I, I told you guys I mm-hmm. felt young today. <laughs> Because I'm in an older, you know, department and I wore pink. And for anybody that understands any of pop pop culture reference that I come up with, we wear pink on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. All right. We wear pink on pink Wednesdays. Fact. And I, I have a little whiteboard. And I put we wear pink on Wednesdays. And everybody's huh? like, huh? What does that mean? I'm like, it's mean girls. What is mean girls? My heart was taken aback. I'm, I, I can't talk to you right now. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have, yeah. But they have me around because of my youth, and they, they like my different juxtaposition on certain issues and certain situations. So I'm gonna, you know, let you know. Hey, you know, this is me. Yeah. I probably quote Mean Girls more than I have quoted any movie ever in my That's life. Really. And for all my viewers listening, yes, Mean Girls is my guilty Go, pleasure. Hey, hey, don't if be, it, don't even be guilty about that. Uh, nah, <laughs> No, nah, Mean Girls is, yeah. If you catch me watching Mean Girls, leave me alone, because I'm probably I'm probably doing it word for word. But like I said, I show my youth in certain ways. I I listen to my music, I listen to my podcast, I do all this stuff, and that's just how I work. Other people, they like you know no headphones in, so you know everybody can hear you. You have to yell. I'm like, no, it's at my shoulder. I'm focused, bro. I'm kind of focused That's here. A friend. I got a job to do. I got one job, and it's not to be nah. a friend. I'm sorry. I, I, if I got paid to be friends, I would be a much. I would not be as toxic as <laughs> a human being. I am to females. I would not be so bad if I got paid. Oh man! Instead, you know, I've had. You know, you guys have seen the females I bring around you. I mean, I I've had some good, some bad. I mean, I mean, Corey saw one slap me on his porch one time. Yo, hey, <laughs> yo, I have tried to block that. I might mess around in here for, for that. Mike, you got laid out? No, I got slapped. Oh, I don't even, I, I don't even remember what I said, but it was. I guess it was worth it. And I mean, if I'm, I'll, I'll say your name. If Taylor hears this. I don't know what I did to you. I'm sorry, but it was a clean yeah. slap. He wasted and no motion. It, it was it was a quick look and a slap. It was like one full swoop. It was like <laughs> it was one of those karate movies, bro. It was crazy. That was the first time she but slapped I, somebody for coming at her crazy. I could tell. Oh, it was. I could tell. You could tell. You could tell. She practiced. Yeah, she, she didn't do she it. Had she had <laughs> I've been, I've been slapped. I've been yelled at. I mean, it happens. I mean, the yelling, the, it's just getting yelled at from somebody you thought was pretty meek. Yeah, <laughs> kind of scares you. He said, "Yeah, maybe I'm tripping. <laughs> maybe I'm." Oh, really maybe, maybe. What did Kevin Hart say? Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's me. At this point, it's probably me. But it's it's wild, and I mean, hopefully. In the future, I'll find somebody that didn't practice their slapping, so maybe we could practice slapping together. I don't know. We'll be in the mirror just, like, working on 
the motion. You got Mike, you need to wake up. You need to wake up, look in the mirror, and go, I will not be toxic today. <laughs> well, what's what crazy is like, my guy. <laughs> well, what's crazy is my cousin. I one time I talked to her, went to her house, and I was like, dude. I don't know what it is. I mean, females just me and females, we're not we're not on the same plane right now. And she legit said, you know what you have to do? You need to write up a contract for every relationship that you plan on getting into. And in that contract, say, I will not be the nicest person to you sometimes, but that doesn't mean I don't care about you. Yep. Basically. <laughs> and she was like, That should be your number one thing. Say that should be the thing you put in your vows <laughs> if you get married, if you get, if you make it that far. <laughs> like, dude, I, and that's, I, Trey, I might say here advice. I wake up every morning in the mirror and be like, you know what? I won't be toxic today. But, and I will blame Dre. If Dre says something in the group chat that, like, that's a trigger for me. I'm just going to end up doing something toxic and have a blast with it. Like, I'll be texting you guys on the side, but I might have something a little sprinkled, sprinkle a little messiness in a different text. Mike, you are that person that if the game of Uno said either be toxic or draw 50, you're going to be the most toxic person. <laughs> Dude, we already established that if I had to draw 25 or call my ex, I would call every single ex in the world. See, I'll be like, yo, you for all you, you, but hey, yo, you could take cards from me if I could win take the game. Cards. I'm trying to win, bro. Be like, if if three of them pick up, you got to take three cards. Like, simple as that. I'm trying to win. Uno off the Mike, bat. Mike texting them, you up? First before you <laughs> You up? Be like, sub, big head. How you sub, been? Like, remember that brunch we were supposed to have? That is the most disgusting text <laughs> <laughs> that anybody gets. Hey, big head. Yo, I mean, I t- y'all heard the last podcast. I told her, like, on her birthday, I was like, I hope you got, I hope you have a great day. You know, I'm, I was, I've been thinking about that. Is my that is my go-to right there. Hey, I've been thinking about you. I know I haven't been thinking about you, but I mean, I thought about you now. Hey, man, plausible deniability. <laughs> that's that's it. I mean, hopefully, any future girl in my life understands that it's as my boy Joe would say: "I do it for love." I do it for love. I do it because I love you. Joe's also white, so you know he can he can say that. First of all, let me satisfy. I didn't get through season two. <laughs> season season one, Joe. Me and Joe kind of have like I I feel Joe on some things. His methods totally out of proportion. You forget how he gets into the situations he does, but once he gets there, you're like, you know what? I think he should do it. You're gonna yeah. be watching the second. You're gonna be watching the second season, and you're gonna see stuff happen. And you're gonna be like, "Yeah, they should die." Like, I'm sorry, you gotta kill them right now. It may happen. It may not happen. <laughs> but there's gonna be stuff that happens where you're just like, "No, Joe needs to kill them ASAP because they had no business doing what they just did." And nah, I'm, but I'm just gonna always. Well, he I, Trey hasn't seen it, but Joe should have killed some people in the first episode. Yeah, without doubt, that I saw. 
Joe should have just been like, eh, but he doesn't have the heart for it because he's not a killer. And I'm he's like, uh, and what's crazy is, you know, I, I didn't watch his show until yesterday. But this past Saturday, I went on sort of a double date, not really. <laughs> and I'm talking to this girl, and she's like, you didn't see the show You yet? I'm like, nah. Nah, bro. Yeah, I called her bro. And she no, was like, me, bro. Yeah. yeah that, I I use that as a term yeah. of endearment. But she was like, You have to see it because I loved I would I would love to be one of Joe's Ew. girls. It's like, Ew. I was Run. like, Whoa. Run. Whoa. Run. And, and then left. I And then I asked her, I was like, What do you mean by that? Like she was like, Yo, if he locked me in a box, I would be like, You, you just want to take care of me. I was like, What? Yeah. Yo, um, where's your father at? <laughs> But mind you, like me and her, we're cool nah, people. Nah, not no more. So no, she... Don't see her no more. Don't talk <laughs> to her no more, man. Mike, you, you don't end up talking to her no box, more, my guy. You gonna end up in that box? Yo, that's an L. Yeah. That's a hard L. <laughs> hey, man. Who you did, know, who yo, who hurt you? That, that's my first. The second a chick says something that wild to me, my first question is, yo, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you? You said I want to live in a box. Ah, damn. Who did this to you? Let, let's 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 unwrap this. Who hurt you? Let's get straight to the point. Like, I mean, you know, that some people love differently. I I have learned that some people just love in different ways. I guess not me. Mine it mine doesn't involve a box. Well, I mean, let's be let's be completely honest. If somebody says that, you know. I want to live in a box and be taken care of and, you know, you could feed me. That is a sign to yes. run. Fast. Like, but ex- I, I didn't run. I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't run because we was at Applebee's. Well, that's said, I'm that's the first mistake you made that night. <laughs> I'm not running at Applebee's. They got the dollar margaritas. Like, what is your problem? That's the first mistake you made that night. You should have known. Don't nobody attend an Applebee's date unless they like to be put in the box. But I'm not convinced you don't like to be put in the box at this point. Like this is that might be your soulmate. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry, but like she cool people. I mean, nah. Hey, um, mystery date, um, sweetheart, get some help. Call call somebody. Yo, like, she, if you listen to this, yo, she does have nah. help. She does. She she got me. She more help. To me. I text like, like Kobe Bryant text... in them commercials. How many? How much help? More help. More help. <laughs> Go get some more help, sweetheart. We here for you, nah, but we bro. not. But straight knocked out. No, I think he was laughing. <laughs> now, nah, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> Yo, I think that's a sign to go. Yeah, yeah I got <laughs> All right, yo. Be good. I love you guys. Love you too. And I'll talk to y'all, man. Yeah. What's up, y'all? I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. As you can see, we got into some different topics, kind of went out there. But like I said, that's what these are for. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, like I said, hit me up on Instagram. You see the title, Take It and Run Podcast. I'm going to try to get to all your questions and comments as soon as possible. Hopefully we have more coming on the way, so stay tuned. And like I said, we're just growing. This is just step one. <laughs>